Here we go, people. Took a hot second to get that get that engine started. All right, good morning, good morning. Today is Wednesday, March 15th. Gonna go around the world in a minute. Pretty pumped, favorite day of the week. Officially Wednesday. If you were here yesterday, I misspoke. <laughs> I thought it was Wednesday. I was already all geeked up, ready to go world. All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 323 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and over the next 45 minutes, I, alongside Andrew Nakamura, Toasty Pops, John Har, Peter Lee, Usha412, Carrie, Alicia, Jerry, Yobani, and so many other members of the Simply Cyber community, including you, are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day breaking out all the interesting bits and pieces of it. And I'll be giving my opinion and analysis, as well as many in chat will be giving their opinion and analysis on what the story means to you as a practitioner, how you can operationalize it at work in the micro or macro perspective. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, you are in the right place, my friend. Simply Cyber Community is supportive, inclusive, and we're all about good times and cybersecurity here. And you may not not understand every single part of what we're talking about, but the goal here is to get exposure, to hear the terminology, to lean in. I guarantee you, if you show up regularly, you're going to start picking it up. You're going to start seeing trends. You're going to be more confident in interviews. You're going to know what we're talking about. And eventually you'll be like, oh, I know exactly what we're talking about. None of this is confusing to me at all. So stay tuned. I'm looking forward to it. But before we get into it, before we go around the world, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with Panopsi. Panopsi is Panopsi Security. They're outside of uh, South Carolina, but they serve the entire United States. Brandon Poole's the CEO of that company. Good friend, great guy, excellent practitioner. And the service that he specifically wants me to share with you is Panopsi's quantified risk assessment methodology, which uses evidence-based information, statistics, experience um, to the organization, to the threat modeling, to help assess what the actual quantifiable risk is to your organization for certain types of risks, and then understand how much risk reduction from a percentage perspective you would get by certain investments, right? CFO loves it. Bean counters love it. Uh, basically, you say, oh, we could invest another $12,000 into this particular technology would actually increase our overall cyber risk reduction uh, by 44%. Massive gains, right? Low-hanging fruit. That's what we're talking about. Um, it takes a little bit more work than qualified risk assessment, which is why they both exist. But Panopsi, if you're interested in helping your organization understand where to focus your energy, effort, and resources to improve your cyber program, call Panopsi. Links in the description below. Also want to tell you guys a little bit about XM Cyber. You may know about them. They are a new, a new, um, excuse me. They are a new sponsor of the stream. Uh, so let's talk about them for a second. Guys, everybody's organization, including yours, has misconfigurations because Carl, vulnerabilities because they come out all the time, mismanaged credentials because it's easier to drive around in your domain admin. Other exposures across your hybrid network. You've got on-prem, you've got cloud, you've got, you've just got like a spaghetti 
you know, incident going on up in your organization, right? And you can't see how all these weaknesses come together. You can see them individually, but you can't see them together, right? Well, XM Cyber introduces a new way to address your hybrid exposures, cloud and on-prem. So instead of looking at all the issues in silos and, you know, guys, visibility is not the problem, right? We can see the problem. <laughs> XM Cyber combines all these things into an attack graph. So you get a nice visual representation and allows you to proactively uncover hidden attack paths, security control gra gaps across your infrastructure, and you can pinpoint and prioritize the issues that actually put your organization at risk and you know address them visit xmcyber.com there's a link in the description below associated with them and click the link in the description and to go get a demo to look at the product to see what exposure management platform can look like also want to say shout out and love to barricade cyber solutions but more about them at the mid-roll now it is worldwide wednesday before i get into it I want to remind everybody, half a CPE, so say what's up in chat because the show is greater than 30 minutes, less than an hour. If you're team live, I love it. 112 of you this morning. I hope more of you pile in here because we are going to be going around the world. Say hashtag team replay in chat. If you're watching on replay, I do go through the comments as team replay folks know. I engage with you in the comments. You might not be here live, but it's important to me that you feel um, that you are an equal part of the Simply Cyber community. So thank you for catching on replay. Hashtag Team Hybrid if you're watching on double speed to get caught up to us in real time. And I want to say love to uh, Hashtag Passive Observer. I've really enjoyed this initiative. If you are a lurker, if you're introverted, if you've been a little reluctant to say hello in comments, uh, you're, you're socially, you know, you feel like imposter syndrome, bump that. Say what's up. The All you have to say is hashtag passive observer, okay? And watch the Simply Cyber community wrap you in a virtual hug because it, networking is where it's at, and that's the first step to break the mold. Now, guys, I love me some Worldwide Wednesday. It's my favorite, favorite part of the day, and I mean of the week, and we're about to go through it. It is presented by IT Pro TV. Thank you, ACI Learning. Um, IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learn, the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cybersecurity, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code SIMPLYCYBER30 to get 30% off your first month or your first year. Thank you so much, IT Pro ACI Learning, for sponsoring the Worldwide Wednesday segment. Now, let's do this. If you're new here and you don't know what Worldwide Wednesday is, it is where we go around the world with the Simply Cyber community. So I'm going to yell out where you at. You tell me in chat where you are. I'll mark it on the calendar, and we will see if we can do all the continents in the world in the next two minutes. Let's go. Where you at? Where you at? All right. Beaumont, Texas in the house. Thank you, Carrie. T U.S. is online. What's up, Florida? Colorado. Love it, love it, love it. Detroit Rock City, Afghanistan. Need help, um, need help, mods. All right, Afghanistan's online. Argentina, yes, thank you, Argentina. Love it, love it, love it. Pennsylvania's in the house. Canada, I see you, Toronto. Yes, St. Kitts, I don't know where that is. UK, boom, baby. Got you online. India, thank you, India. Good to see you. New Zealand's in the house. Thank you, mods. Yeah, Massachusetts. Love that nor'easter. Stay safe, Lisa. Boom. Northern Virginia in the house. What's up, Michael Huskin? Good to see you. Greenland in the house. 
I see you, Thule, or Rekajava, or, um, oh my god, Kangarlusawak, yes, Ch Chai Town, Botswana's in the house, Botswana, oh, where's Botswana, boom, baby, Greenland, I know, Italy, Italy, Canada, Poland, Zimbabwe, Zimbabwe's in the house. Kenya. Dang, we got some serious African representation up in here. North Pole, stop it, Jojo. Uh, Zambia, hold on one second. All right, guys, let me, let me, oh, let me, hold on. We got to, we got to count the, t the receipts here. Jesus, you guys came correct today, huh? Woo. Zambia. All right, Zambia's online. Aussie's up in here. I see you. Oi, oi, oi. Flat Rock, Illinois. Come on, Ken Pryor. Where you at? Saw Australia, Australia, Ukraine's in the house. Be safe, Ukraine. South Korea. Dang, son. Um, Poland, we got that. Zimbabwe, we got that. Afghanistan, Ukraine. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so let's take a look. Guys, Woo! Pakistan's in the house. I see you, Pakistan. Dang, son. Love it, love it, love it, guys. We straight crushed it. Boom, roasted. Dude, way to go. Hey, Argentina, thanks for coming in strong. Thanks for coming in strong and representing the entire South America. Puerto Rico's in the house. I can't really get to Puerto Rico. Come on, Puerto Rico. Uh, Puerto Rico. There we go, little Puerto Rico. All right, good job, everybody. Good job. Germany's in the house. The one thing I would say, whoever said Greenland, let me know where you are in Greenland. I do know that Greenland does have... Places like Thule and Kangarlusawak, because um, I almost traveled there. But I, every time I've been to, uh, associated with Greenland, there weren't establishments. So where in Greenland? I'd be kind of curious if you're willing to share where they are. Mexico's in the house. Slovakia's in the house. Dang. I'll, I'll have to Google where Slovakia is. That one. That oh oh. I, I think I just ran over it. Serbia, Bosnia, Slovakia, Slovenia. Oh. I'm sorry, Slovakia. I marked you as Slovenia. All right, guys, that's going to do it um, for Worldwide Wednesday. Congratulations to all of you. Thank you all. I love I love it when we get the entire Worldwide Wednesday uh, mapped out. Good win for Team Simply Cyber. Now, as a treat, <laughs> if you would consider this a delight, I do, we are going to jump into the top cyber news stories of the day. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of liquid, I'll be pounding this cup of French roast coffee in my oversized cup that I got for speaking to the 36th Bomb Squadron Electronic Warfare uh, squad out of Pensacola. My man. All right, guys. Thank you. I know. All right. So mods are getting upset. They want the, they want the map automated. I agree. If it can be done, let's do it. But sit back, relax, and let's let the top cyber news of the week or the day wash over you. It's <laughs> a mouthful. It's Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Microsoft warns of large-scale use of phishing kits to send millions of emails daily. An open-source adversary-in-the-middle AITM phishing kit has found a number of takers in the cybercrime world for its ability to orchestrate attacks at scale. 
Microsoft Threat Intelligence is tracking the threat actor behind the development of the kit under its emerging moniker Dev1101. An AITM phishing attack typically involves a threat actor attempting to steal and intercept a target's password and session cookies by deploying a proxy server between the user and the website. Such attacks are more effective owing to their ability to circumvent multi-factor authentication protections. Dev1101 is said to be the party behind several phishing kits that can be purchased or rented by other criminal actors, thereby reducing the effort and resources required to launch a phishing campaign. All right, lot, a lot to unpack here, okay, guys? A lot to unpack here. Plus, we got a graphic. Uh, you know, I do love a good process flow, I'm not going to lie, okay? So before we get into the process flow, let's talk about this. At what What's it mean to you at a high level? First of all, as a practitioner, there is a large-scale phishing campaign going on right now. And if you are in an O365 shop, which many of us are, you need to be mindful of this. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> look, hold on. Where's my captain? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. This fishing landing page is the captain now. You've got to be mindful of it. This looks exactly like it would to a legitimate user. The fish could change a million times, right? Oh, hey, your comp your account's been compromised. Oh, hey, your email's about to be deleted. Oh, hey, uh, we saw a funny purchase on your account. What, what, like whatever it is. Hey, CFO, like you know, your your infosec team wants you to watch a stream video. Click here. Whatever it is. This looks exactly what end users are expecting to see. So it's very obvious that they are going to, uh, a larger percentage will fall for it. Okay. First thing. Second, second thing, mod chat. I got to put mod chat down. Hold on one second. Second thing that you need to know about, and this is critical because this is something that will challenge you to your very core. You might think, oh, I have MFA. I have multi-factor authentication. Jerry's always railing about multi-factor authentication. Thanks, Aid, for the sub. Jerry's always railing about multi-factor. I'm good. Let's go get tacos. No big deal. Okay, here's the deal. This particular advancement in the threat, um, in the threat modeling does not care about your multi-factor authentication. They have solved for it, okay? Now, let's go back to the graphic. So, here's the deal, okay? I get a phishing email. It says my, I got to log in. I type in with my username and password, okay? Now, if it was your if this was your father's phishing landing page, it would just refresh to the landing page again and you'd think like, "Oh, that's weird." Um, maybe I typed in my password wrong. You type it in again, it reloads to the landing page, or maybe it directs you to the legitimate page where you log in. Okay? Now the threat actor gets your username and password. And they're high-fiving all around, but they don't have your six-digit uh, rotating token, so they, they can't get into your account. But wait, what they've done now is they have actually put another layer in between that landing page and the official Office 365. So th this is, I, th I want to talk about the political correctness of the term, but this is what we used to call a man-in-the-middle attack. I believe... Maybe because of political correctness, they've updated the term to adversary in the middle. Um, that's what I would suspect. But it's your classic man in the middle. Now we call it adversarial in the middle attack. So who's going to be my victim? Kimberly can fix it. Kimberly get falls for my 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 devious fish. Mm, look at me, uh, uh, Muttley, mm, as I twist my mustache. Kimberly puts in, Kimberly can fix it at Outlook, and then her password, which is... Um, you know, chocolate chip cookies, one, two, three. 
Okay. Then what I do is I immediately, I have the infrastructure built. I immediately grab her username and password, and I use probably an API to push it directly to Microsoft Office where I attempt to log in. Now it's going to push me and say, all right, give me your six digit pin, Jerry. I turn around and say, hey, Kimberly, I'm still Microsoft. Give me your six digit pin. And she's like, with, you know, con mucho gusto, Jerry. That's for my Argentinian friends and Mexican friends, right? Like con mucho gusto. Okay, so she puts in her six digit pin. I immediately turn around and give the six digit pin to Microsoft. Microsoft now authenticates me as the threat actor and I'm in. Okay, Kimberly, I don't know what we deliver to Kimberly at this point. Let's look at the process flow. So Kimberly does that, the MFA comes back, she puts the MFA through. Um, so we're on step seven, website returns a cookie, which I steal, and then phishing site redirects, redirects the user to another page. So at this point, Kimberly is either gonna get pushed in, um, Kimberly's either gonna get pushed directly to Microsoft Office, or she's going to get, uh, you know, send some kind of like error page or whatever, and you know, whatever. But the point is the threat actor now has the session cookie, which is authenticated. And this gets into identity and access management, which is admittedly one of my weaker areas. But I like, it's, it's basically like an oath token. Like when you open an, if you log into Microsoft office in a Google uh, Chrome browser tab, and then you're authenticated and you open another tab and go to like your mail or your uh, Microsoft Excel or whatever, you don't have to authenticate again because you have this session cookie that basically asserts that you have already authenticated. And this is why um, session cookies expire because that's a security control to make sure the crap like this doesn't happen. But all, all that is to say is that's what the threat actor wants because once they have that session cookie, they can go all over the place, all up in your business, and you don't need to log in again. Okay, so, and by the way, they, st they still have your username and password, right? So that's compromised as well. So get on that, all right? All right, that's what I wanna say with, oh, oh, so anyways, TLDR, um, advise your users that this attack is out there and make them mindful that multi-factor authentication isn't gonna save them. Um, also, also, you may want to add conditional access. So conditional access controls, Microsoft has a very easy interface for doing this if you're an admin, uh, where you say like, all right, if everybody lives in Beaumont, Texas, then nobody should be logging in from outside of the state of Texas, right? So if you're somebody's logging in from Cambodia, probably a problem, don't allow it, right? So you can you can do conditional access based on geofencing, based on time of day, based on role, um, impossible travel, right? So they log in from Texas and Cambodia, like 20 minutes apart. Can't do those things. It's a little bit more refined of a security control, but as you mature your program, you should consider these type of things, right? Yeah, UB keys, hardware tokens, you're gonna love that. I actually saw Apple has just started supporting hardware keys, um, FYI, because, you know, in my spare time, I read cybersecurity news. Ransomware group claims hack of Amazon's ring. The ransomware group ALPHV, A-L-P-H-V, whose malware is known as Black Cat, is claiming responsibility for breaching the massively popular security camera company Ring, owned by Amazon. The ransomware gang is threatening to release Ring's data. Ring has told Motherboard it does not have evidence of a breach of its own systems, but said a third-party vendor has been hit with ransomware. Motherboard has verified that a listing naming Ring is currently on ALPHV's data dump site. 
CISA. All right, so we'll see what this is. It, guys, I feel like, I mean, it's a little hyperbolic for me to call, like to call it this early, but 2023 definitely seems like the third-party risk management breach year, doesn't it? And I know people in the industry, not me, have poo-pooed third-party risk as not a real risk. But guys, um, AT&T got hit. I, that might be in the news. It, 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 we didn't cover it in the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, but I, I use AT&T, so I know. <laughs> I read a story last night. AT&T got popped through a third party. Um, T-Mobile a couple weeks ago popped through a third party. Sounds like Amazon Ring popped through a third party. So this is just a little bit of posturing. Obviously, Alfie is a legit tier one ransomware threat actor. They're also known as Black Cat because that's their uh, ransomware payload. This Every time these guys show up, it's the same thing. They're, as far as I know, they're Eastern European descent. They were dark side. Then they did Colonial Pipeline and they exploded. And then they, um, they became uh, Black Matter. Black Matter and then Black Cat. Uh, and now Alf V and Black Cat are kind of used synonymous. They're tier one. If they say they got Rings data, um, they got Rings data, okay? They're not, they're not clowns, okay? With all due respect, they're not punks. They're, these are professional criminals operating a professional criminal business. Um, now, if Amazon and Ring is saying that they haven't seen any evidence of that, that is possible that Alfie got a third party that was representing marketing or some or something for uh, Amazon Ring, and Amazon Ring isn't seeing it as sensitive information. Obviously, when you see this, the immediate thought is your video recordings, right? And that's probably what most people's major concern is. Obviously, username and password for logging into the Ring app would be also sensitive. But the the video, right? If you have Ring cameras in your home. Um, you know, you got to be, be careful if you got the ring cameras in your home, but that's the major data, uh, type that people would be concerned of. And if Amazon is like kind of flexing, like we're not really seeing it as a big deal, then they probably, um, are not, they're probably not concerned, um, that it's an issue, right? The company says they're aware of a third-party vendor. So Ring knows, or Amazon knows, what kind of data uh, sets that third-party vendor would have, assuming it's from the same breach. And they've they've done a risk calculation. Trust me, there's a lot of, you know, three thousand dollar suits sitting around in a in a you know a room that smells of fine wood and and leather-bound books doing an assessment on whether or not this is something they need to worry about. And apparently, it's not. So stay tuned. This is obviously a major story from, you know, because Amazon's a Fortune 3 company. Um, so, oh boy. Okay, so Charles is saying he's got a blink that's from Amazon. It comes open network from the manufacturer. Don't get me started on that, man. I, I lose my mind about, uh, like, insecure by default. Uh, Jamila asked about what security controls be used in third-party risk management. Ask me that during the jawjacking segment at the end of the show, and I'd be happy to answer that, okay? So anyway, stay tuned on this one. Alfie, tier one, this this isn't going anywhere. We'll, we'll find out what the data is pretty soon because they're going to start leaking it, I guarantee you, in order to um, push the, uh, the victim into pain. It's new ransomware vulnerability warning program. CISA has announced the creation of a new Ransomware Vulnerability Warning Pilot Program, RVWP. 
stemming from the Cyber Incident Reporting for Critical Infrastructure Act of 2022 and coordinated by the Joint Ransomware Task Force, the RVWP will see CISA assess flaws commonly associated with known ransomware exploitation. After finding these vulnerabilities, the agency will warn critical infrastructure entities with the goal of enabling mitigation before a ransomware incident. To identify entities vulnerable to the bugs, CISA will rely on various existing services, data sources, technologies and authorities, including its Cyber Hygiene Vulnerability Scanning Service. Yeah. Cyber... Okay, okay, I see you, Jen Easterly. Guys, I'm going to have to, like, go to a conference that Jen Easterly's at and, like, accidentally, like, in major air quotes, accidentally bump into her. I... Love what sis is doing. Sis, it's like it's like we should have a segment on the show every day for something great sis has done because every day, man. Yesterday they they announced the um the partnership with Wixis. Three days ago they announced or fr Friday they announced that they were going to be doing um or that vendors need to start patching their crap right. Six days ago, they, you know, joint uh, announcement with the White House about the cybersecurity strategy. CISA doesn't stop. They are like, they're like a Terminator. They don't sleep. They don't bargain. They don't wait. They just go. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm a CISA evangelist. Man. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Where's my NIST button? I need, I might have to like, watch out NIST. Watch out NIST. You're on the hot seat. CISA might push you. <laughs> CISA might push you. That's right, internal stranger. We might need a CISA uh, um, emote, like on the quickness. Okay, so check it out. What what are they doing here that actually matters? CISA's created a ransomware vulnerability warning program. And basically what they're doing is CISA is taking the, no one asked for it, but they're, they're like basically um, vigilante superheroes, okay? So CISA... And stay with me on this analogy, but this is what I'm taking from just this story and riding low on the hip on a train bound for glory. CISA is putting on like, you know, uh, a superhero uniform, including like the eye, um, the eye, um, you know, like the, the bandana that goes around your eyes with the holes cut out like a ninja turtle. Okay. And CISA's like, all right, let's go. And then they're proactively scanning as if they were a threat actor looking for vulnerable uh, services, misconfiguration, like literally it's like free pen testing. Essentially, that's what they're doing. And by the way, like everyone with, with all due respect, we can all do this, right? We can all use Shodan, we can all look. Here's the deal. A lot of businesses, they might have um, unmanaged infrastructure, AKA shadow IT. Um, you could have Carl's standing crap up or, or misconfiguring it or not understanding how to properly configure it. You could have MSPs that have a footprint and not enough man, uh, person power to manage it. Whatever it is, crap happens. The fact that they notified 93 people who are still running Microsoft Exchange uh, that's not patched for proxy, not shell is bananas, bananas that that's still there. Okay. Um, so what they're doing is they got their Ninja Turtle outfit on and they're like, and they, they're basically walking around the neighborhood shaking all the doorknobs. And anytime the doorknob turns all the way and they open the door, they basically open the door a crack and they're like, your system's vulnerable. And then they close the door and then they go to the next house and they like the door doesn't open. They're like, well, they don't even say anything, just thumbs up. And then the next door, they open it up. They're like, proxy not shells in here. And then they close it, right? So they are doing a 
uh, community service, frankly, where they're letting uh, organizations that are super vulnerable to like wicked easy exploitation and compromise, letting them know that that is the case. I would have to imagine that CISA is also offering some type of um, uh, remediation strategy, like here's how you get off of this or here, like, yeah, enabling mitigation before uh, ransomware incident. They're definitely letting them know um, how to help themselves, right? Um, so yeah, good, good on you. Good on you. I love it. And I'll tell you this, just as a, a, an aside, I tried this one time. Okay. Just one time I was on Shodan. I was bored. It was like my, my family was out of town or something. This is what I do for fun. Okay. <laughs> Which is ridiculous when I say it out loud. I'm like cruising on Shodan and I found, um, uh, a vulnerable, I found a really gross server in uh, the upstate of South Carolina. Okay. Like wicked gross. And it was like a, a five person accounting company or whatever. So I looked them up, found that they had like basically one like IT person working at their little company. Right. So it was like five, five accountants, like an IT guy and like two, you know, uh, operations people. And I emailed them. And I was like, hey, I'm this InfoSec professional. Like, you got this wicked gross server. Here's how I found it. Here's what I would do about it. And I felt good about myself, right? I poured a beer that night and I was like, you know what? I'm doing good work. No one asked me. <laughs> no one asked me to do it, but I'm doing it. And then they never replied. And I sent them a follow-up message and then they never replied. And then I got the, uh, the sneaky feeling that they were probably like reporting me to the FBI as like trying to extort them. And I was like, um, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like, this sounds... This is like a bad idea, like because I wanted to help, but ah! so anyways, some people, they just don't want it or they don't care. There's no money in it or they're just going to ride dirty and hope for the best. So if CISA is doing it, if the federal government's knocking on your door and screaming you're vulnerable through the crack in the door, maybe you'll listen. Maybe not so much with Jerry. Criminals exploit SVB collapse to steal money and data. Threat actors are already registering suspicious domains, conducting phishing pages, and gearing up for business email compromise attacks following the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Security researcher Johan Ulrich warned that scammers might attempt to contact former clients of SVB to offer them a support package, legal services, loans, or other fake services relating to the bank's collapse. Yep. In addition to the domains, many of which are registered with SVB in the name, Ulrich describes an attack already seen in the wild from BEC threat actors impersonating SVB customers, telling other customers that they need payments sent to a new bank account after the bank's collapse. Those bank accounts, of course, belonging to the threat actors. Other scams include informing SVB customers that the bank is distributing USDC, a digital stablecoin, as part of a payback program. Medical device. Okay, okay, guys, if you're a regular, um, you, by the way, Johan Ulrich, isn't he do the storm, sand stormcast? I think he does. This guy's, this, you want to talk about a treasure? to the cybersecurity community. I'm like 99% sure Johan Ulrich is the guy who does it. This guy tirelessly puts out the SANS Internet Stormcast and it's always good. Um, the reason I don't use it for this program is because it's it his, his, his podcast is typically very technical and really in the weeds and stuff and it doesn't facilitate the kind of briefing that I want to give. But just know if you are more of into the tech stuff or you want to get more exposure to the tech stuff, the SANS Internet Stormcast is dope. When I was an architect, 
I would, I would, that's what I would listen to. Okay. Um, and now that I'm more of a, <laughs> now that I'm more of a stuffed suit, um, talking to the business, I, I do the CISA series, uh, cybersecurity headlines, but anyways, Sandstormcast, get some of that. Now guys, here, here we go. Like, I swear to, I swear to you guys, I'm always, I'm always genuine and I'm always trying to direct you in the right way. I said this, I think yesterday or Monday, but I think yesterday, this is the same freaking attack pattern. The variables change, guys. The variables change, but the attack pattern doesn't change. Major news story happens. Threat actors, um, you know, use it as a phishing campaign, right? I, f I really wish I could remember what the story was two days ago, but it was the same thing. And I was like, oh, it's going to be taxes in April. And then you know, whatever, spring break, and then Black Friday and Thanksgiving, right? Like, it's always, it's always about this. These, by the way, cyber criminals really on the ball. I wonder if they had like, a, um, like a, like a, like a sales kickoff meeting down in the Cayman Islands where they're like, yes, yes, look at these banks collapse, guys. We've got a great strategy for Q2 around compromising uh, end users with these three different, you know, guiding principles of attack. We're going to pretend to help them to get their money back and to, uh, you know, you know, be in their best interest. These are our three core values for compromising and victimizing uh, individuals. So, Instantly, SVP implodes over the weekend. And look at the name of domain name registrations from just three days ago, okay? This bank collapsed in 48 hours, um, Thursday and Friday. And by Sunday, there were 50 plus new suspicious domain registrations. And you might be like, what kind of domains, Jerry? Well, like SVP-CustomerService.com or SVP-WeGetYouYourMoneyBack, right? .com. Oh, yeah, I thought I had clipped that. Anyways, it's our money and we want it now. Anyways, long story short, threat actors are going to do this. This is why we have to be vigilant as practitioners and as individuals and to educate our end users. Now, I will say that the collapse of the SVB bank is really not going to hurt too many uh, individuals like me and you. But a lot of uh, investment of investors, angel investors, wicked wealthy people, um, tech startups, um, they are the ones who are most impacted by the SVB. So if you work at one of these organizations or you're hooked in in educating them, maybe you're a consultant for um, some of these organizations, let them know that this is happening because, dude, nothing is worse than getting punched in the midsection uh, by losing a lot of your money, right? And then falling immediately for a phishing campaign and getting punched in the stomach again, right? Like that would suck major. So uh, just be mindful of that. Yeah, James Randolph. Yeah, if SVP is going to offer you uh, $10 million in Best Buy gift cards, um, that should that should ring a, an alarm, right? So, all right. All right, let's let's go. Uh, they don't have a mid roll today, so we're 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 hand jamming a mid roll. So let's do the mid roll. We got a lot to cover, y'all. All right, I do want to thank all of you for being here. Uh, if you're getting educational value, entertainment value, please take a hot minute and hit that like button. It helps other people who enjoy cybersecurity content, either for business, for pleasure, for getting into the industry. Um. Um, 
please hit the like button. It helps others uh, do that. Now, I want to say thank you to the stream sponsors, XM Cyber, Panopsi, Security, and Barricade Cyber Solutions. Now, I didn't have a chance to tell you about Barricade Cyber Solutions yet because I bumped them to the mid-roll, but allow me to tell you about them. Barricade Cyber Solutions is Eric Taylor's group, and they're dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Eric Taylor, he's like Superman. Him and Barricade Cyber Solutions can swoop in and help you mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. If you want to have a conversation with the man himself about how they can help your business not experience catastrophic impact, go to Barricade Cyber. Links in the description below. Scroll down, get on his calendar, have a conversation with him. He's a very good individual, and he's very good at what he does. Guys, if you want to get on the email thread, right now I send an email every Monday that adds lots of value. A lot of people in chat will tell you that. If you want to take it to the next level, we're going to start another weekly email with industry-specific threat intelligence, okay? It's sick. I've been working with uh, an individual in the community to help set this up, and I'm very, very excited. So you don't want to miss the first um, of many uh, of these threat intel briefings. So go to simplycyber.io slash newsletter and get on it, exclamation point newsletter, to be given the URL. You're gonna love it. I'm telling you guys, I wouldn't send you emails unless it had value, and we're, t we're taking the value train to the next level. Simply Cyber Community Challenge, James McQuiggan with the, super ch uh, with the gifted subs. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Guys, grab up those grab up those subs. Emmanuel, oh, Angie, very cool. David B, take advantage of those emotes. Guys, Simply Cyber Community Challenge is a community-driven initiative. Every single day on the live stream, one person is it tagged, and they tag the next person who has to take on the challenge of going to LinkedIn, posting their story about cybersecurity, and using the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Go out. Find whoever posted it and let and connect with them. Comment in the chats. Then connect with everybody else in the chat in the comments, okay? This is how you will build your network. Long after Simply Cyber is, you know, after you, whatever. It will be your network. You can grow this and help yourself. Networking is so vitally important to your career. Please take advantage of this opportunity. Eric Taylor is in chat. Um, Casually Joseph will be representing him. Casually Joseph, please tag somebody for Eric Taylor. Base case, it was the Team Replay member. I'm going to see where um, Team Replay. If you're on Team Replay and you're watching this, go onto the Simply Cyber Discord server and go to the Simply Cyber Community Challenge tag and drop your name in there and let us know. Casually Joseph representing Eric Taylor says he's going to nominate Joel Belton. All right, Joel Belton, get in here. Guys, look for Joel Belton's LinkedIn post on uh, LinkedIn and connect with him and all of those in the chat. Thanks again to James McQuicken. All right, Joel Belton's got it. Base case, I will keep an eye out for you on the um, team replay. Go to the Discord server. That's how you got to connect on those things, okay? Guys, let me know in chat what your thoughts are of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. I've seen a ton of value from it. I've connected with new people myself. I've seen people stepping out of their comfort zone. Love it. All right, let's get back into the news. Thanks, everybody. You guys are great.
This giant says cyber attack leaked sensitive data of one million people. Massachusetts-based medical device maker Zoll, Z-O-L-L, said a cyber attack in January exposed the sensitive information of more than one million people. In documents provided to Maine's Attorney General, Zoll representatives said the incident started on January 28th when they detected unusual activity on their internal network. The company added that information was accessed on February 2nd. Quote, information that may have been disclosed includes your name, address, date of birth, and social security number. It may also be inferred that you used or were considered for use of a Zoll product, the company told victims. Zoll produces a range of devices including defibrillation and monitoring tools, as well as devices for circulation and CPR feedback, data management, therapeutic temperature management, and ventilation. All right, so... Interesting. The story represent, uh, refers to a 2018 breach as well, where they sued Barracuda Networks for basically a sloppy job uh, during a um, IT migration project. Um, this isn't good, guys. So Zoll is a medical device manufacturer, <clears throat> and basically uh, people's PII got compromised. Which, by the way, this totally sucks. Like, and hey, get ready, Marcus Seiler, for your. We take your privacy and security very seriously. Here's two years of identity theft protection. Thanks. Also, expect your, you know, expect a lawyer for a class action lawsuit to contact you, and then you get a check for like thirty-two cents in four years. Like, it's it's just gross. Like the the, I I get that you can't secure all the things. <clears throat> okay. I get you can't secure all the things, but like when I see stuff like this, it's gross. Plus, like, why is Zoll, a medical device manufacturer, um, storing social security numbers? Maybe I get maybe you have to vet someone, but like, what are you doing with their social afterwards? Like, why is that? Why is that out there? Why is that in the database, not encrypted? Why? Why are you storing it in the first place? Date of birth. Like, what are we doing here? And I and I get like I'm almost apathetic at this point because like data birth and social like my data birth and social has been dropped in so many data breaches that it's not even sensitive information anymore basically right like it's 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 tainted because i can't reissue my date of birth uh and it really oh damn it really stinks um but guys i worked in the healthcare space for you know six or seven years whatever it was and i worked with medical device manufacturers and i'm telling you guys first of all kimberly they are making bank. They are making so much bank. It's ridiculous. And they, the one thing that they don't want is infosec people mucking around in your, uh, in their, in their devices, right? Because they get an FDA, FDA certified, you know, thing of like, here's our device and here's how it works. And they don't want to mess with that because that certification is how they can sell their product. And also, um, they can't sell it without it. So they're very reluctant. In fact, the, uh, FDA had to come out and like, 2000, 2015 or 16 and like issue an edict that you could patch the operating system and that would not invalidate the certification because medical device manufacturers would be like, hell no, I'm not patching that. I'm not upgrading from XP. You'll break our certification. So in th this particular breach is actually about their backend IT infrastructure, not about the medical devices themselves. I'm just saying I've dealt with a lot of medical device manufacturers and you know, I've still got a rash. Better to cut 10,000 jobs in second layoffs.
This announcement makes Meta the first big tech company to announce a second round of mass layoffs as the industry braces for a deep economic downturn. The widely anticipated job cuts are part of a restructuring that will see the company scrap hiring plans for 5,000 openings, kill off lower priority projects and flatten layers of middle management. Meta will also ask many managers to become individual contributors while eliminating non-engineering roles, automating more functions and at least partially reversing a commitment to remote first work. You All right, so I won't spend a ton of time on this, especially for the sake of time since it's 846 already, but Meta cutting another 10,000 jobs. Okay, they um, just laid off 10,000 people not too long ago. Th there's a lot going on here. First of all, um, Meta Zuckerberg, he banked heavily on Metaverse, uh, and that seems to be imploding. On top of that, the tech sector is suffering substantially from a kind of revenue, like they, the recession's hitting them hard. Um, the Silicon Valley Bank, um, it's kind of a perfect storm right now. Not that like... The Silicon Valley Bank thing did not result in Meta cutting these 10,000 jobs. There's no doubt that Meta's been talking at the higher levels for a month or two about this round of layoffs. There's, you don't do this at that level um, of business and not have a plan on how to execute, right? So I also read one individual uh, on LinkedIn. She did not sign the um, like the severance package letter so she didn't get paid but because of that she was able to speak publicly and she said she got hired like nine months ago and she's done nothing like literally meta hired tons of engineers to just hoard them like she said like pokemon cards um to to prevent them from going to work at competitors like amazon and google and stuff like that or you know myspace or wherever but like the whole thing is they weren't even doing any work so it becomes very easy to fire them also by the way when I think it's funny that they just slid in the fact that they're going to start pushing return to office, right? Like, oh, hey, like we're going to fire you unless you return to the office. Like the employer now has the leverage back um, after a brief hiatus of the employee having a leverage. So it's not good. This is indicative of an overinvestment in staff in a, in a metaverse strategy uh, by Facebook or Meta that fails or is failing. Um, so guys, bu buckle up. Yeah, I did say MySpace, you know. I, I'm, I'm inclusive here. You've got mail. UK's largest state boarding school announces sophisticated cyber attack. Wimondham College, the largest state boarding school in the United Kingdom, announced on Tuesday that it had been hit by a sophisticated cyber attack. The school, which has just over 1,200 students aged 11 through 18, did not explain the nature of the attack, but it is the latest educational establishment in the country to face disruption as a result of a cyber attack and follows repeated warnings from British cyber authorities about an increase in ransomware attacks against schools. A spokesperson stated, quote, We are not aware of any data breach. A number of the college's systems have been impacted, including access to some files and resources, end quote. No ransom demand has yet been made. Yep. And now so again, Casually Joseph can comment on this. Th this school's got hit. There's no ransom demand yet, but it's possible that the threat actors don't even know that they they've owned this particular victim organization yet, right? A lot of times, you know, the th ransomware operations, while we'd like to think it's as simple as like a devious master plot from a James Bond movie. A lot of time these threat actors are firing things off. There's victims all over the place. And you know, these things have to report in and then they, 
you know, maybe they got hammered over the weekend and they're, you know, and they're, they're basically, you know, oh, it's going to take me a few days to get back to the work. I'm a little bit under the, the, the gin flu here. Right. So it's possible. And, you know, I, I don't know, maybe they want to do their due diligence and figure out how wealthy this boarding school is so they can ask for the most value ransom possible without offending the victim and telling them to, to piss off or to, um, not go under and, you know, ask, ask for a hundred thousand dollars from a multi-billion dollar organization, right? You, you don't, you don't want to miss that opportunity. I do find it interesting, um, that this, this story is in the UK and we just read the other day that the UK has stood up, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, like a cyber command MI5 thing. Didn't they just do that? Wasn't there a story? Yeah. Two days ago, right? MI5 to oversee new national protective security authority. Uh, and I think, again, these things don't happen overnight. So I think that this right here um, is, you know, it's in a direct, it's in a direct response and need to an increase in activity of stories like this, right? So UK is getting peppered over there and they're doing things to try to um, fix it. So anyways, ransomware is going to ransom. UK boarding school screwed. I'm sure the kids who go to school there are like, yeah, we rule. Long weekend, spring break. I'm going to Cancun or, or wherever UK students go. I assume that they're very similar to U US students. Of course, I don't even know if Cancun's where you go anymore. Like I never went on spring break. I, <laughs> I, went, I went and worked. Your patch Tuesday update. Yesterday, Microsoft announced its March 2023 patch Tuesday updates, which fixed two actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities and a total of 83 flaws. Nine vulnerabilities have been classified as critical for allowing remote code execution, denial of service, or elevation of privileges attacks. This count does not include 21 Microsoft Edge vulnerabilities fixed on Monday. The two actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities fixed in yesterday's updates are CVE 2023-23397, which is Microsoft Outlook Elevation of Privilege Vulnerability, and 24880, which is a Windows Smart Screen Security Feature Bypass Vulnerability. Other vendors who released updates in March 2023 include Apple for GarageBand, Cisco for multiple products, Google for Android, Chrome OS, and Google Chrome, Fortinet for the 40 OS vulnerability, SAP and VM. Damn. All if right. you're still wrapping your That's a lot to cover. Jeez. I mean, I know Valentine's Day is just past us, but I mean, you guys want to talk about whispering sweet nothings in the the person who you love's ear. Nothing nothing quite hits like Oh, my darling dear. CVE 2023-23397 Microsoft Outlook Elevation of Privilege Vulnerability. Be my, be my Valentine, right? Really, really rolls off the tongue there. Um, okay, so guys, basically um, round up on patches. Every month, uh, Microsoft launches Patch Tuesday. If you've worked in the industry for more than a cup of coffee, you know full right well what it is. Um, basically, patch your stuff. It's very easy um, to, to do this. They mention all sorts of different products. So remember, it's your whole stack, right? So it's your operating systems. It's your middleware, potentially your firmware. Uh, supporting apps, GarageBand on your Mac, right? So I know the CEO doesn't use GarageBand, but guess what? It's installed on his computer because he's the, or she is the one person at the organization that's like, I'm a Mac person and I'm going to use Mac, even though we're a Windows shop. Make my Mac work, BSEC. And you're like, oh my God, okay, like this guy. So 
Um, but you've got to maintain that software, right? So just remember that hardware, network devices, firmware, all, all of it is in scope, okay? Um, the final thing I'll say, because I always mention this, just remember when you do a vulnerability management program and you're patching, and this is good for interviews, make sure that you're patching kind of in, in like when you throw a rock in a pond and it has the ripples, the concentric circle ripples, you want to patch a couple machines right in the, like that you have direct control over and make sure that they don't break anything. Then the IT team, then champions that are in the different business units, like sales guy, a marketing woman, um, you know, whatever, right? And then once all they're approved, then push it to the whole organization. Do not push it to the whole organization unless you like working on weekends. I promise you, okay? Um, and and uh, th third thing I'll say about that, guys, when you have a Windows fleet of systems, it's very easy to patch the 80% of you know end user workstations. It's the other 20% of like lab machines and other crap that you don't know about that you got to make sure that you patch. So make sure you're doing like Shodan monitor, external network monitoring, attack surface management, visibility, unstructured infrastructure, seeing all the um, shadow IT, all of that stuff. That's where the, that's where you make your money, guys. Patching the 80% of machines that everybody knows about, anyone can do that, right? It's the 20% is where you're going to get popped, okay? So be mindful of that. All right, we got a couple minutes of jaw jacking. Holla, holla, holla. I want to let everybody know a couple things. Let's do this. Guys, I want to just tell everybody really quickly because it is 8.57. In three minutes, we've got a premiere going on. I hope you can jump over there with me. Uh, and watch the premiere. This is another. This is a new produced video that I made in uh, collaboration with Aaron KG. Um, I'm super pumped about it. I've been doing these new videos and it's been really well received by the community. A lot of people have said some very nice things about how helpful it's been for them, uh, which is really my goal at the end of the day is to help people. And I'm loving, I'm loving it. Plus like it's really well edited. Um, I've got an editing team helping me. So they make it really cool, well beyond anything that I could do. Uh, so definitely giddy up on that. Want to remind you that later today at 11.30 a.m. I'll be playing Threat Gen Red versus Blue. This is going to be a chat GPT. A chat GPT. Uh, Clintbo Dungeon's got this thing set up to be a full red team operator, so we're going to let it go. Thank you, Charles. I appreciate that. And then tomorrow, join us as Mary Galloway. This woman is awesome, okay? Cyber nonprofit exec. She's very much involved with Cyber Jitsu. She is... Um, we're going to be talking about top cybersecurity events for professional growth. The Wicked Six event coming up. Um, U.S. Cyber Games. Play Cyber. Like, there's a million things that you guys may not know about that Mary's going to come on and drop knowledge bombs on you. We're going to have a good time. That's tomorrow at 4 p.m. 4.30 p.m., excuse me. Just go to Simply Cyber and subscribe and hit the bell for notifications. I'm not normally that guy about hit the bell, but, like, basically... I've got a lot of stuff going on on the channel, and this is how you find out about it. I'm sorry we don't have time for jaw jacking, Jamil. I know you had asked about third-party risk management. All I'll say is um, you got to use contracts. Um, you got to do uh, questionnaires, which don't really do much. You could scan the internal infrastructure. Make sure that you don't push uh, any sensitive data to that third-party risk management that they don't need that uh, in order to achieve their goal. Do regular audits of them and make sure that in the contract you have some way to remove your data from that organization once you terminate the relationship. All right, guys, let's end the show. Go over. Um, this, YouTube should push you automatically over to this video when I terminate this stream. But if not, 
Go over there. Thank you all so much. I hope to see you over there. What a busy Wednesday, y'all. Thank you very much. And until next time, stay secure.